0: So it's only fair that I do an episode on Barcelona, since I've done an episode of Real Madrid. Let me just uh, divert to their rivals. Barcelona have, in comparison, have had a very tough week compared to Real Madrid. Real Madrid advanced to the semi-finals of the Champions League. They won a crucial game in La Liga against Sevilla, going 15 points ahead of second place and now Barcelona looking to respond in Europe and in La Liga as well. They couldn't do so, unfortunately. They got knocked out of the Europa League uh, by Eintracht Frankfurt at the Camp Nou and at the Camp Nou, On Monday evening, they got, uh, they lost to Cadiz in a very, very crucial game. And that ended their 15 game unbeaten streak in all competitions. And, uh, unfortunately that's how it goes. Sometimes that's how football is. So they were, they had a 15 game league. Uh, unbeaten streak, as well as they had, they were, they they were on a seven game winning streak in La Liga, so not to confuse anyone, but before they lost to Eintracht Frankfurt, they were on a 15 game unbeaten streak in all competitions, and before they lost to Cadiz on Monday, they were on an unbeaten streak of 15 games in La Liga and their last defeat came in the league, their last defeat came on the 4th of December against Real Betis. So they they were on a hot streak of form and to lose the way they did, not, not a pleasant uh, kind of reaction to To their form uh, that have transpired over the over the coming over the last few months, and I'm sure Barcelona fans aren't too happy about this. Missing key players in, in both of their last two games, you know, PK out injured, Danny Alves on the bench, uh, Ronald Araujo missing for the game on Monday in La Liga. Uh, Pedri also missing in that game. Oba was benched. They couldn't quite find the net against Kadith. Very sloppy on occasions, you know, credit to Cadiz Kad- because they were absolutely instrumental in that game. Their goalkeeper man of the match pulled out, pulled off some amazing saves. Wow, uh, and their defenders were on. You know, they were on the ball. They were focused. They were ready for the match. Barcelona got a bit, got a bit shocked by, by the way Kadhid played. You know, and in their attempt to attack so much and constantly. Th- uh, threaten Cadiz's goal. They were often on, the only way Cadiz could attack was on the counter-attack. And Barcelona were, were very, very open because most of their midfielders and their wingers slash wingbacks would be advanced up the pitch. So there would be a lot of little small spaces in, uh, in and around the the center backs and the the holding midfields. So an amazing low block by Cadiz, and they were able to counter attack from that. And that's how their goal came about. Uh, Lucas Perez netting uh, the only goal of the game. And unfortunately for Barcelona, it now puts them in a position where they're still in second place, but level on points with Atletico Madrid and Sevilla with still game in hand, but could have been a nice comfortably comfortably three points in front of third and fourth place. With another game in hand and could have potentially, you know, the league would the league title could have been within reach, but now is I feel is much out of reach. For them now um, since losing on Monday. Um, Real Madrid are far into the ascendancy here and obviously it's in their hands and out of Barcelona's hands so yeah all I can say is that it will be a cruise for Real Madrid. Barcelona can only go build from here and moments like this in football happens, and unfortunately, I think uh, tactically Xavi got his his substitutions a bit wrong, obviously brought on Orba for Depay. Good decision. Unfortunately, you know, couldn't convert on a few occasions. I feel that, you know, the commentators are going on about this that Danny Alves should have been on the pitch. Luke de Jong came on, threatened at goal, couldn't quite score. So they got unlucky. They fought to the end. But I feel Danny Alves could have provided that extra, extra threat on that right hand side. And we know how experienced he is as a player. He's been there, done that over the years. He's played with Barcelona teams that have won trebles and quadruples and he knows how to win those type of games or get a goal in those type of circumstances. So yeah, from here for Barcelona, I think it's just a constant, uh, not a rebuild, but a constant, they've rebuilt their team and obviously they're getting players coming in uh, for next season, like Frank Kessier, like Andreas Christensen, and whoever their targets are uh, going to be uh, in the forthcoming months will continue to shape their team for the future, and they've they've got it. They have a team for the future, so I constantly expect them to uh, keep being this consistent. I don't think it will take too long to catch up to where Real Madrid. right now, Uh, depends how Ancelotti kind of maneuvers his uh, way into the Real Madrid team, how he will, who he will bring in, uh, who, how he will continue to structure Real Madrid's team for the foreseeable future, if he stays. I don't know if he will stay I think he, he will stay for another season if he win, or he will win La Liga. But they could go as far as, you know, winning the uh, Supercopa de España. He could, go, they could go as far as winning even the Champions League. So yeah, if he stays, uh, he'll stay another season. And I think Shabi will continue to go in the upward tra- trajectory. So, players like Ronaldo Rajo needs to sign his uh, contract. Uh, Osman Dembele, I feel he needs to sign his contract uh, in order to keep those crucial players. Uh, They are currently shaping the youth of the team and moulding that Barcelona team for what it is right now. Pedri, Gavi, they are ridiculously influential at uh, as teenagers. Currently making a name for themselves in the in the fashion they are, is quite astounding. They are probably the the best young midfield duo. I would, along with Frankie De Jong, uh, I would say the best uh, midfield trio in La Liga right now, to be honest, um, that with, with coupled with the youth that they're coupled with the, the age that they are at right now, um, obviously you, you can compare, you can throw Modric, Casemiro, and Cruz into the, the equation, but comparatively we're looking at midfielders who are under the age of 24. Uh, and one for the future. They're they they are consistent. I think they're constantly going to kind of grow into that midfield trio that's going to shape Barcelona. Uh, Busquets is still there. He's currently filling in that uh, father figure role for them, that leadership role. And I feel Barcelona can only go upwards from here. They're, they've can't, they've got their restructuring, their new manager. Uh, some new players. And with the new defender in Andreas Christensen, with new midfielder from Kessier, who's also young, 25 years old, they can only, you know, constantly build their squad depth now and supplement their their squad depth for now. And it will make them an even better team, and will make them even more likely to challenge for La Liga, to challenge for. Uh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think they're quite there for Champions League success like they have been in the past. There's going to be a lot of. It's going to be a huge transition into challenging for a European title. Uh, cup wise, I think they've definitely got a chance. I think all, all domestic competitions for them, uh, will be the focus and experience for their young players, game time for the young players. You know, they've got to give Gavi Pedri like Xavi is now doing game time. They They have to give them game time. And Araujo is crucial. Uh, he is an amazing center back slash right back. And commander from the back. And yeah, we'll see where this team goes. I'm excited to see where the team goes. Thanks for joining me out here in a little short 15 minute little recap on Barcelona's week. It's been good. I'll see you all in the next episode.